Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show End of Year Wrap-Up. This week on the Backstage Show, we're looking back on this year on the Backstage Show. This past year, 2018, where we, our inaugural year, of course, you didn't actually get to start hearing from us until April, I believe it was, the first episode premiered, but we've been cooking this little stew for about a year now. Well, you and I have been cooking this little stew for about a year. I started gathering the ingredients, I don't know, three, four years ago is when I first had this concept. You're a little brainchild. Yeah, my little brainchild. But it took a while uh, until I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I can't really do any theater. So I think I want to actually make this podcast happen. You know, now that podcasts are so new and fresh. Yeah. (laughs) They're the next big thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, three, four years ago when I first had the idea, it probably would have been good to launch it then, but just didn't happen. But once I got the time and the inclination, I uh, brought Jim on board. It happens when it happens, Glenn. Yes. And now is when it happens. All things in time. Yeah. But even with that, we've been been at it for a little over a year now, right? Uh, Yeah. We uh, actually attempted to start recording around mid-January of earlier this year. And we actually had a different- We in fact did start recording, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah, uh, around the 14th, I yeah, think it yeah. was. Yeah, we had, we had an episode that never aired. Yes, indeed. And we actually had a name for this podcast that we ended up not using. Yeah, that was uh, theatricality was what we had settled on. Probably a wise move that we didn't use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, there were a few others in there, too. I don't even remember what they were, like trotting the boards or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we, we threw around a lot of ideas. Yeah, there were a lot of rejected ideas. Theatricality, for some reason, stuck for a while to the point we even had a not logo. Not for very for long. It was long enough to have a logo. Yeah, you did make a logo, but... You're usually quick about making logos for things. I suppose that's true. <laughs> but we had a logo and we had our premiere episode recorded and then we're like, eh, and you know what? That didn't work too well. Nah, we figured it sounded like the title of a long lost police album. So yeah. we want something else. <laughs> and I think the, the, the episode also we felt was, I, I don't know, even stiffer than we usually yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it was our first attempt trying to record this. We never did this before. We didn't really mm-hmm. have a script. We were doing it off the cuff. Yeah. And, you know, as anything like this goes, you you need to practice it and kind of get into a groove and chemistry and build yeah. up a dynamic. That's why the first seasons of TV series are so boring. Yeah, and, and like our first season has been, well, no, wait, our first season's been great, right? We've, we've got, we've nailed this, right? <laughs> Which season is yeah. this? We had <laughs> two, I think. Uh, okay. I don't know. Regardless, I don't know. I that, that first one just didn't feel like it went that well, so we kind of... We redid it about a month after that. Yeah, and that and the, those are the, the ones theme, we kept. The theme even like was originally titled the theatricality theme. Like, yes, like that, that right, stuff. because we hadn't changed the title yeah. yet by the time I started recording it. And it was only about half as long. It was only like the second half of what is now the theme. Right, and I'm like, I think it needs to be longer. All right, so I made yeah. more stuff up at the beginning of it. And and then, so so that is the two of us, for, for those of you who may not know at this point, the, the uh, world's least dangerous band, as we referred to them before. <laughs> is, oh, no, uh, our yeah. secret's out? Oh, secret's out. So it's mostly Jim and and a little bit of me. The the trumpet part is me, and, and I guess, was it you that had the idea that, oh, you know what, the, the theme should be the two of us. And you kind of figured yeah, this I, should be like a late night theme kind yeah, of Yeah, like a uh, late night talk show kind of a theme. Like yeah. Old school, like kind of David Letterman era, mm-hmm. Tonight, mm-hmm. Uh, Tonight Show era, earlier Tonight Show era theme. 
So, so, so. Jim, Jim sat down and, and wrote this theme and recorded some stuff and was like, okay, here's the, uh, here's the trumpet part. And he sent me the, the sheet music for it. And I could not figure it out because, <laughs> because as I discussed last week, my trumpet playing just is rusty because I don't do it as often as I used to. We had to change the key of it too, I think. Cause yeah, it, I, I, it was a weird key. It was a, to remember which keys are easier to play in trumpet. Yeah. So trumpet being in the key of B flat was a little tricky. You know what? Let's. I should. I should splice in some of the bad early stuff. Here. <laughs> so here, here's me playing uh, my one of my first attempts on on the trumpet because I know we still have this recorded. So here, uh, torture. I'll torture you with a couple of seconds of this. So here's here's my first attempt. Yeah, <laughs> not not good. Um, I just didn't have an idea of how it went, and then I think you sent me like something that had the the actual a guide track. Yeah, a guide track, and then I'm like, oh, that's how it goes. <laughs> so I had a few more recordings, and eventually we we got to what we ended up using. Yeah, well, we've remixed it. We've uh, yeah. starting in. I didn't redo the trumpet part two, though. season two, I guess, or yeah. September. We did a remix, yeah. so we could actually be in harmony. I've kind of chunked these into into twenty episode chunks chunk yeah thing. which means we're coming up about to the end of this chunk yeah, yeah so we'll probably take a little episodes. time off when we hit 40 i already hit 40 you're well Episode. past it buddy Episode. oh yeah i'm well past it <laughs> so yeah it was a little interesting growing pains but it was fun i mean it, this is the kind of stuff yeah. for us never having done a podcast together mm-hmm. and producing it self-producing it and everything that went into it it was yeah. it's been a kind of a neat experience and it, and it kind of took off like at, at at first when we when we got a few episodes in, we got an email from somebody who was like, hey, you know, if you're looking for somebody to interview, we'd, we'd be interested in it. And that was the uh, the Bridge Players. I, I'm, I'm forgetting her name right now. Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah. She was our first guest. So so she contacted us through the email podcast at backstage.link. Good plug. Yeah. And uh, we're like, you know what? Yeah, we should start including interviews and stuff like that. And I think that was inevitable because ultimately yeah. we're going to run out of things to say ourselves. Yeah. I don't know. We'll never run out of things to say. We can continue babbling on. I suppose. But it might be <laughs> more beneficial if we include some other people who maybe know a little bit more than us of what they're talking about. Who knows about. more than us? A lot of people. <laughs> Pretty much everybody. But yeah, so we started working with guests and then we started trying to line up some of our own and like going to our home theaters and things like that and our friends and we have more home theaters and more friends to go to hopefully next year. Uh, Yeah, uh, we're getting around a bit. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting around. Our guests are good. I don't know. Somebody's getting around. Uh, It's been it's been interesting, too, because as we as we've worked to include guests in this, there's also the technical end of Mm -hmm. the recording equipment, you know, starting out with a basic two channel two microphone digital usb converter to you know hard disk recording and then expanding that different kinds of mics so that we could have right uh, a more engaging conversation with a larger group of people mm-hmm. well this started off it was just the equipment that you had from from your musical endeavors right pretty much yeah and then i over the year i invested in some more some mm-hmm. more microphones uh another usb interface with more channels on it yeah i'm pouring my uh life savings into this project <laughs> i hope it pays off eventually yeah, my my end has pretty much just been maintaining the website and that sort of stuff, which is not probably not quite as expensive. I look at you as our spiritual and menu advisor. <laughs> menu advisor? Wait, was I supposed to make up a menu? <laughs> you didn't. Crap! What's oh. on, what's what's on par for today on on course? Par for the course. <laughs> I don't know. I'm losing it. <laughs> but yeah, so so you got the uh, the lav mics after after our first interview, right? Yeah, when we did the interview with Lindsay, we were just using. 
I think you and I were sharing a mic that yeah. was positioned between the two of us. Mm-hmm. To, it was set in omnidirectional mode so that it could pick us both up. And right. then she had she one had of own. the directional microphones that we normally use. And everything we had was picking up the fans. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it was in a hot gymnasium. It yeah. was a very hot day at the beginning of July. And the building didn't have any AC in it, so we had, so fans, we had fans. But, going. I mean, it was comfortable it was enough with the fans. It was perfectly yeah, comfortable. It's just, it's the, noise. just the, the, the microphones were picking up the fans. Um, and... So we made do. Yeah. <laughs> we recorded the uh, On the Road episode right before that. Yes, that's right. That was where I came up with the brilliant idea. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to have to drive a little bit to get to this. It's it's like, what was it, 40 minutes away? I think it was Something at least like that. that, probably a little longer than that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to be stuck in the car anyway. We should just record an episode <laughs> on the way. It's too bad I didn't have the lavalier mics then because yeah, that would have made that easier. a lot easier. Instead, I have like mic stands yeah. hung up in the front <laughs> of Glenn's car trying to pick each of us up. So it's like basically a mic stand in the back seat with the arms sticking yes, up into the front right. seat and the two of us talking and like, you know, you could you would turn towards the mic. I was looking at the road. <laughs> I'm glad. I don't know what would have happened if we happened to have gotten pulled over or anything like pulled that. Pulled over or gotten into an accident. The microphone would have shot through the windshield. <laughs> if we were lucky, oh. that probably would have happened. Oh, God. Maybe not our brightest move. Yeah, the but if we do that again. Their seatbelt. Yeah. Fortunately, lav mics, if we ever do that in the future, we'll make that yes, a lot clip easier. Put them on, yes. So those are like the little microphones that you clip onto your shirt for those unaware. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Not wireless, but, you know, wires aren't a problem because we're not going to be moving it's, around. It's fine that. for a bunch of people sitting around a table. Yes. And that was what we had by the time of our second interview, right? I think we first used those for the interview with Keith. Yeah. That those was episodes. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was the second. So we had those that and the vpa and the village the, players uh, and uh, a couple of yep. weeks ago and uh, aaron had to use one that's right yeah although i think i found that when we recorded that episode i think it's best that we all use the same type yeah. of mic because I did it notice sounded that, cause, weird because we were on these mics and she was on the, she uh, sounded like she was in an isolation booth in some other part yeah. of the house somewhere <laughs> no we don't actually want to you know talk face to face here no no heaven forbid we weren't having an argument that day i swear <laughs> so yeah we did that and then a few weeks ago we we finally after much talk about it had our first episode over Skype, mm-hmm. which actually went better than I was expecting it to. I was pleasantly surprised by the results. I, yeah. I felt that, okay, yeah, so if you listen really closely, maybe on headphones, you can hear a little bit of acoustic difference between Glenn and myself mm-hmm. because we were in different buildings, different several buildings, miles apart, different, different zip microphones, codes, different equipment, different yeah. everything. I thought it, you know, with a little bit of tweaking, I thought yeah. it gelled together reasonably well. I mean, there are a couple bugs to work out but we had kind of tested that a few months ago and and turned out so i'm not sure how you did it on, on your end but like my end i basically had two laptops set off i had this set up i had the skype going off one laptop and the recording on another laptop yeah because the memory was a little much for it uh i had the same thing where i had skype running off my laptop mm-hmm. sitting in front of me and then i just recorded it in my desktop like we are doing right now yeah see you never know and i have like slightly better equipment for when we do this next time at least i have a pop filter set up I had the pop filter, but I had no way to set it up before. But now I have a microphone stand, so I can do that properly. Wonderful. And I'm sure we'll be doing more of that next year. Yeah, that'll convenient. It definitely uh, adds to the convenience of line trying to line our schedules. Yeah. You know, I found probably one of the weirdest experiences of recording this is the fact that you know we end up usually recording three or four episodes in one shot, and mm-hmm. it's you know maybe up to a month or six weeks or so ahead of time so when you're thinking about oh upcoming shows and things happening in real time and you're translating that to okay well when is this actually going to air Mm -hmm. you know the fact that it's hard to come up with it it's a little bit jarring if you're not used to the fact that this isn't 
people aren't listening to this live. Yeah, it's it's also like the the interviews that seem particularly poignant because we're we're interviewing theaters that kind of want to plug their own shows, which of course we're willing to do. But, but it's like, okay, well, we this actually mindful. isn't airing until after that one opens. Right. So, well, we did try to sort of align things a little bit such yeah. that it would kind of work. Mm-hmm. And we'd at least be, be like, still... okay, this is when your episodes are going to air. So we'll right. be able to tell them. But... So if you want to talk about this upcoming show, it's going to air after your first weekend. So mm-hmm. think of it that way. But I think if we do more of the Skype next year, we might be able to get a little bit more immediacy to it. I don't, we might be able to plug auditions and stuff like that if people are interested. You know, Potentially, please, yeah. really, like, give us some feedback on how we've done the first year, what you might want to see for the second year. I know there's, you know, there's definitely some listeners out there. I'm seeing the the stats coming back. So please shoot us an email, podcast at backstage.link. We if could you do like, like a message board or something. Yeah, well, I mean, that that capability is on Facebook. They can They can talk with us immediately. I know you don't check it as much as I do. But if there's something on there that's of interest, you know, I'll certainly bring it to Jim's attention so we can discuss it and we can get a conversation going back and forth and see what we can do to improve. Or we want to, you know, this is about you guys. It's about us to some extent because... Mostly. Yeah. No, I I mean, I I like to think it's about the listener and about giving them what they want. And if there's something that you want out of us that you're not getting, please let us know. If you think, oh, I'd share this with my friend if only you made audition announcements or something like that. I, I don't know what we can do to make you happy but you know so let us know yeah it's a good question i mean i know there are other venues of you know people getting that kind of information audition announcements and yeah stuff like that so but it's not on an audio basis so maybe that's something that they can listen to in their car and go hey that show sounds kind of interesting perhaps it would yeah potentially give somebody the opportunity to find out about it without necessarily having to spend time looking for it right yeah it just just comes to your ears i mean it's it's that balance that that we've been kind of trying to come to where where we've got this balance between conversation and providing information and and that's why you know when we come up with our episode outlines it's like how much do we want to put in there because we don't want to sound like we're just reciting information and we're not we're not so much an informational show we're more i feel that we're going, okay, here's a topic and we're going to talk about that and you're going to get our opinions on that and less, less fact, more opinion maybe. Most of the time. Yeah. The uh, Halloween and holiday episodes notwithstanding. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Halloween episode was a lot of research about uh, superstitions, superstitions and that kind of thing, yeah. but we still discussed them. The uh, And our yeah. own experiences, I guess. Right. And the holiday episode last week, there was... I don't know how clearly it was that part of that was scripted. Hopefully not too clear. Oh, jeez. Hopefully it wasn't uh, too guessed. stiff. I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> that ro- we didn't just brilliantly come up with those roast jokes off the top of our head off yeah, the cuff. Yeah, yeah. My was goodness. All, that was all just, uh, we're going to talk about arsenic and old lace, and we didn't plan ahead anything at all. No. In fact, we just, we just decided on that show halfway through the episode. That's right. We we were, we I was thinking about going, it's picking Annie going into it. But. Yeah, we didn't have several emails and text messages back and forth going, what, we need a chestnut to roast. <laughs> I'd actually be really curious to know if, if Assuming we're around next Christmas, if people want us to roast another chestnut, <laughs> it could be a holiday a tradition. Idea. It could be. I or mean, it could I become a like... holiday tradition to not ever do it again. <laughs> Is that really a tradition to not repeat? It's kind of an anti-tradition. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I really did kind of had have, have something in mind, like when that popped in my head, like roasting chestnut—that's perfect. That's something we can repeat every year. And then I'm going, I don't even know if we're going to be around anymore. I don't know. Maybe next year we should do the airing of community theater grievances. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for our special festivus episode. <laughs> 
Yeah. I could probably come up with a few. Um, I I could probably come up with more than a few, (laughs) but I don't know that I want to air them. Oh. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much what we've done in the last year on our show. And then it's really just about looking forward to next year on our show, which starts next week, technically. But That's true. Well, we'll be back on the 7th. You know, we've already been saying some of the stuff. We're kind of hoping to get some more guests. So if you're interested in appearing on our show, if you've got whatever it is you want to plug, really, we're willing to do that. Give us an email, podcast at backstage.link. Yep. And it's it's good to have you know conversations with different people. I think it adds a, a different perspective, different dynamic to Absolutely. the discussion. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I really uh, it was really nice having Stephen Renee on and just kind of doing the roundtable discussion. We'd love to have more people in and do some more roundtable episodes or have Stephen Renee back and do that again. I'm sure, like I said, we'll probably do more stuff over Skype. Uh, just because it's a little easier to kind of just do a one or two episodes in a, on a weeknight instead of getting together and yeah. trying to knock out four of these suckers. So we don't run out. Uh-oh. <laughs> we're running out next week. Yeah. Quick. That's, that's Record kinda, stat. It's kind of what we're doing this week, <laughs> which is why we're like halfway into January by the time we're done today. But, I mean, you know, let us know what it is that you want to see. That's, that's really what we're curious about. Well, see. I guess what you want to hear would be a little more accurate. If you want to see us... I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> we, we recommend it. We I have mean, faces made for radio. Yeah, or podcast. We have a. Well, at least we're not. We don't have faces made to play Boris Karloff. <laughs> I don't know. I think I could pull it off. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> don't sell yourself short, Glenn. I will try not to. The other question is: Do you want more local coverage? I mean, we're kind of ourselves local to the Philadelphia suburbs, but I don't know. Maybe we're gaining international listeners for all I know. Wow, that would be uh, intriguing. Yeah, Uh, actually, for all I know, for for what I do know, which actually is something, as far as I'm aware, we do not have any international listeners. Yeah, I'm just warning you now, it might be kind of difficult for us to attempt like an on-site interview for international listeners. Hey, we can always try something over the internet. Hey, I mean, there's a way idea. to do a Skype episode where only one of us records the whole thing. I know that's possible. I, I, I feel like we're going to get better quality if we record individually, which is why we've done that. But if somebody knows how we can do that better, let us know. Yeah, we're still figuring this out as we go. Yeah. So really what it comes down to, if there's something you want to see next year that we haven't already talked about, please email us. I'm not even going to say the email address again because <laughs> we've already said it several times this episode. <laughs> you can also look us up on Facebook. Just search for The Backstage Show. There actually is a... An address there, but I'm not sure what it is offhand. Just be warned, there is a photo of us on there, too. Several. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. that's right. There are more than one. Yeah. And and we do, we still have a Twitter. I still haven't activated it. I haven't posted have a single thing. Tweeted? But it is there. I have not tweeted anything on there. But it, it is there. And there was also, a, there's a theatricality one out there, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think it's like theatricality podcast or something. We so if you really want to see the to old logo. To find a name that nobody had used yeah. before well that's how we got stuck bats backstage.com is oh yeah that's right the website yeah that actually exists which is why we're stuck with backstage.link and really if you're looking for a website i would not recommend dot link because technically you cannot hide your information on there your personal information your personal information so I, so i as the person in charge of that website has gotten a ton of like phone calls and things like that. I eventually went in and just changed it to false information, which is probably some sort of violation. That's but right, that's I why get, we have that. That's right. I get fake phone calls all the time. Yeah. And was, in fact, I think even the backstagepodcast.com might even be taken. I don't know. Maybe we'll change it eventually. Would oh. you like to change it? If you'd like us to change it, send us an email at podcast at backstage.link. <laughs> but, but the other one is so well established at this point. I suppose it is. We've said it like a hundred times in all these episodes. I don't think we've said it a hundred times. I'm exaggerating. Okay. 
So, so what else? Uh, what else are we discussing? Well, in this episode? you and I, uh, we've kind of concentrated on this activity as one of our major theater centric endeavors, but we also have continued to do some other yeah. work on shows. A little bit. Which we I, haven't really, we've kind of mostly talked about stuff we've done before we mm-hmm. started recording this, but we have still sort of remained active. In a little bit. Ways. I've I've stepped back some because of my three-year-old, but yeah, I've, I've, I've still done some stuff this year and as have you. Such as? Well, such as I, I, I worked on, in fact, the first two shows of Barley Chief's season this year. I volunteered at the uh, the place selection meeting when the Cemetery Club was selected. I went up to the director of that, who I've worked with before, and offered to design her set. And she was like, oh, I was thinking of asking you anyway. So that was an interesting experience for me. I, I've only had... How fortuitous. Yes. I've only had uh, a handful of sets that I've designed that I haven't directed myself. So I'm still learning how to work with directors when designing a set. And I think there was kind of this understanding or perhaps misunderstanding that I was going to serve as master carpenter as well. Oh. Yeah. So that was skill set. It is a different skill set and it's skills that I arguably have. I mean like I'm a halfway decent builder, probably more than halfway decent builder, but I still feel like it's better off to have somebody master building that 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 has better skills than I do and better uh managerial skills, I guess is what I'm going for. Okay. Like, uh, I, I, if somebody tells me, hey, build this, I can usually build it. But it's difficult for me to get, like, you know, two, three groups of people together and go, hey, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. Yeah, my past experience, I'm most with having a master carpenter on board, I'm most concerned with, okay, what's the safest way to mm-hmm. make this happen without it falling over? Yeah, and a lot of times when I build stuff, I'm like, oh, wait, that didn't work, so I'll do it, like, three times before <laughs> I get it right. Especially with railings. Oh, I hate railings. But so I, I kind of designed the set. I had a, I had a meeting with the director and uh, I think it was with the director, producer. I can't remember. It might have just been the director and stage manager. The producer might not have been able to make it regardless. So I sat there and like made some sketches and stuff while we were at the meeting and came up with something. And that, that you know, it was an interesting experience. I had some stuff, some ideas that ended up not coming to fruition just because she changed her mind at the last minute when, you know what, this would just be easier. Like I think uh, Cemetery Club is basically like a, it's a unit set, but it's an apartment and a cemetery that have to be on stage at the same time. So with those two things, I, I had initially the cemetery side of the set, I, I thought AstroTurf, but I guess when it got closer to production, it's just like, you know what, that's that's too much hassle. So they just painted the grass on that side, which was fine. And I mean, I thought the set came out pretty good. The other thing that I did this season was to consulting direct the second show of the season, Night Must Fall, which was... Very different for me. I, I had the the director had approached me last year. I worked with her. I, I I worked with her twice. I worked with her in Arsenic and Old Lace, which we just hey we, we talked about that last week. How about that? And so the two of us were in that show, and then when I directed Don't Drink the Water, she I cast her in that show. And after seeing me direct, she came to me and said, "You know what? Our, our directing styles are kind of similar. Would you be willing to consulting direct for me when I do Night Must Fall?" I'm like, "All right, well, you know, give me the script. I'll I'll think about it because." I thought that might be a good way to keep my foot in the door. Yeah, that's something I haven't really heard of being done very much, having somebody do that. It makes sense for, you know, maybe somebody who's generally less experienced as a Mm -hmm. director or maybe is new to a particular theater. Right, and and that's really what this was. It's a Barley Sheaf requirement that if it's your first time directing at Barley Sheaf, you have to have a consulting director who has directed there before. It's sort of like an assistant director, except that the assistant director is more experienced per se or is giving mm-hmm. the advice. Yeah, kind of like that. 
it was it was interesting and I, and I I read the script and I'm like, you know what? I'm not really crazy about the script. It's not the kind of thing that I would usually do because it was very character driven and when I direct, I tend to direct more plot driven mm-hmm. shows. But I'm like, you know what? I know who this is. She's directed elsewhere before. This isn't her first rodeo or directing show. You're doing rodeos yeah. now? <laughs> so That's branching out a bit. Well, you know, I thought it would be interesting. So it wasn't like she needed me. It was more like she needed me because she wouldn't have been allowed to direct otherwise. <laughs> and that's pretty much the experience that I so had. So it was a formality. Yeah, and, and it was when I started directing. You're mostly a figurehead. When I started directing at Barley's Chief, it was it was like my third or fourth show, so I didn't really need anybody, so somebody did that for me. So I'm like, you know what, I'll I'll pay back, I'll do it. And the more involved I got, the more I'm like, first of all, I miss directing. Second of all, it's actually interesting to direct a character-driven show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't direct. I went to like a handful of rehearsals. I did run the, the read-through, but it wasn't quite assistant directing. I had like a couple of rehearsals where I gave some opinions. I took a lot of pictures because I knew a lot about the show and it was easy for me to know where to be to take pictures during rehearsals. And, and you know, more than anything else, it just made me miss being involved more. Oh, <laughs> so what does that mean, Glenn? I don't know what it means. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm not going to put in next season, but I have had some people talk to me about helping out with other things. So we'll see where that goes. Beyond that, it was pretty much just designing logos again for Barley Chief. So. You've done that for a while, though. I think this was my sixth year. Well, I figure it was longer than that. But didn't you do it for other theaters? I did some for the barn, I think, for one season. Uh, I designed the barn's logo and, you know, a little, little stuff here or there. So how about you? What was your last year like? I turned out to be a lot busier than I was anticipating. Okay, how so? Um, Well, going into the year, the only thing I knew for certain I was going to be doing was sound design and operation for the Barnes opening show, which was Honeymoon in Vegas, Mm -hmm. which ran in April and May. Uh, So I did that. I was there for the whole run of that. And then probably not too long after that, I got roped into a new venture, Okay, as it were. I'll get into that in a moment because (laughs) there was still some other stuff that happened at the barn that I got involved with. Um, I ended up also helping out with sound design for the August show, which was It Should Have Been You. We talked about that when Steve and Renee were here. Right, right. I was sound designer for that. I I was only on for tech week and then opening night. I wasn't in for the whole run of that one. And then in between those two, I also helped out a couple – Days, I guess it was really that I was there for the um, the uh, junior show, Footloose, the uh, Footloose, Footloose Junior, Jr. yeah, which was in July. Yeah. So in that case, it was getting some sound effects together as well as training somebody to run the board. So that sounds like microphones. that sounds like every other show at the barn. Well, it was three out of five, yeah. as it turned out. It was an interesting experience training somebody else to do it because I hadn't really done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, Did that go okay? I think so. Seemed like it went pretty smoothly. I mean, it was uh, Chris Exley's son. Okay. And he picked up everything pretty quickly. I We threw a lot of stuff at Alex is his name. Right. We threw a lot of stuff at him very quickly, and mm-hmm. he, he seemed to handle it. He took it in stride. So cool. I think it worked out. And it certainly helps to have more people who uh, can pick up these skills. And Absolutely. It's, it's definitely <laughs> helpful. Yeah. Having more people with this skill set, as we've alluded to before mm-hmm. in previous episodes, is, I think, valuable. Because if I had committed to the full run of each of those shows and been available for each of those it would have been like 15 weeks weekends of my life i mean it's like a slightly less of a commitment to do sound design but you still have to be there for all the performances yeah exactly that's the big thing i think 
Anywho, so going kind of back to the other venture I talked about. So mm-hmm. I sort of found myself in a kind of a different realm, as it were, with a, a different group known as Gypsy Stage Company. Okay. Lots of things are different compared to what we've been talking about with the community theaters we've discussed on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, they are for profit, meaning they are trying to make money. Well, yes, that would be what for profit <laughs> means. <laughs> is that how that works? I believe so. So that's one thing. Number two is it's all original work. Okay. So it, the whole things associated with trying to get the rights to perform a t- particular show are mm-hmm. out the window because the people in charge, it's their shows. Not much risk of so, chestnuts either. Well, that too. Yeah. yeah, it's it's guaranteed to be a show you've never seen before mm-hmm. unless you've seen that particular show before, which brings me to my next point mm-hmm. in that the shows, the slate, as it were, is kind of, I don't know if repertory is quite the right word, but it's set up such that a particular show, once it's once a production of it has been built up, it may receive multiple runs at different places. Okay, so they don't have their own theater. Well, I guess. Well, that was my next point. They do not have a home theater. Yeah. So the um, name makes sense then. (laughs) So the folks in charge have gone into arrangements with a couple other venues in the area. Mm -hmm. One of which is the Smoke and Mirrors Magic Theater, which is I don't know exactly what town it is, but it's near Bryn Athen. Okay. uh, Kind of north of Philadelphia. Also, the McCool's Arts and Events Place in Quakertown. McCool. Yeah. (laughs) They've worked out arrangements to come in and do shows as part of their ongoing schedule of activities and shows and performances. Okay. And the last thing is that it's sort of built around a stable of a kind of a a finite set of talent. Okay. Meaning. Well, that that I think would be. Repertory. That that's that's what makes it repertory. Is that they? I wasn't sure about the terminology, but basically, I believe. But basically, they uh, audition people to become part of an ensemble, Mm -hmm. with the idea that future productions will pull from that ensemble. You wouldn't necessarily always have open auditions for every show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what makes it a repertory theater. I mean, I I really I feel ridiculous that we're we're sitting here. We have a theater podcast, and we don't know what these terms mean. (laughs) So if you'd like to set us straight, send us an email at Well, podcast. wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, I, wait, don't send us an email. What? Go <laughs> ahead. Yes, what? I, I, I was thinking the word repertory, and then I yeah. looked it up, and it sounded like repertory theater had to do with a theater group that does a fixed set of shows, not necessarily okay. with a fixed group of people. Well, then what is it if it's a fixed group of people? I mm. don't know. Well, they call it an ensemble. Yeah. So hmm. the idea being that- Send us an email. Set us straight. Yeah, thank, please set us straight. <laughs> God knows we need it. We need all the help. We so can the get. idea being that future shows, upcoming shows, are kind of crafted in mind with the idea of pulling in from the existing ensemble and mm-hmm. having them kind of writing towards the roles or the people. Yeah, maybe. So you got roped into this? Are you roped? I got the roped ensemble, into it because uh, well, Erin auditioned for it earlier this year, and okay. she got cast in a uh, production of a show that he had called Love and Merger, mm-hmm. which was performed in June at Smoke and Mirrors. Okay. And they needed tech people. Ah, yes. Guess how I got pulled <laughs> into this. Uh, my fiance does tech. <laughs> Please cast me. No, I'm kidding. So, at any rate, <laughs> no, this is after she got yeah, cast. Yeah, but uh, at any rate, they needed somebody to run tech for the show. So, given my vast experience in sound, I... Got involved Becoming that way. rapidly vaster. Yeah. And uh, sort of found my way into being sort of a tech director, mm. consulting with 
you know, the tech stuff, even though I really know next to nothing about lighting, mind yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> well, the nice thing is that they have been willing to invest in equipment. Oh, there you go. So I've had a lot of new toys to play with. And yeah. I got them hooked on the computer software-driven method of running sound mm. effects. Yeah, which we've talked about before. Yeah, so that has been a godsend. Cool. As far as, you know, for them, as far as uh, get, being able to run a show. Mm. And you think you'll continue way. working with them next year? Well, that's only the beginning of the story. Oh, okay. Sorry. So within a couple months after that, and mind you, this is interweaved with the stuff at the, going on at the barn. Mm-hmm. In August, I was involved in another show with them called Mother Trucker's The Radio Show. Mother Trucker. Yes, it was, uh, well, it was sort of a spinoff of a play that uh, they had already written, but mm-hmm. this wasn't that original play. This was sort of a sequel to it. Okay where it was structured like an old-time radio show, and they had a Foley guy. So I was actually consulted pretty early on as far as developing the idea of the Foley artist as a character Okay. for the radio play within a play kind mm-hmm. of a deal. And I think they wanted me to be that role at first, but as we talked through it and realized that there would be a combination of practical sound effects plus pre-recorded stuff plus handling actual live microphones that – it made sense they to have that as an actor. Yeah. So we cast a person to play that role, and I was still just the tech person. Uh-huh. I did have creative input as far as figuring out ideas for what the Foley artist could do. Mm-hmm. And then as we rehearsed, well, because I had kind of an integral part of the show running the sound effects, right? I ended up finding that I sort of became co-director. Okay, then. <laughs> well, I was there anyway, and I had directing experience, and mm-hmm. the person directing, Judy... Asked for my opinion on things, so I had oh, directing input. <laughs> <laughs> so I sort of, she made me co-director, basically. Yeah. So that was an example of a show that was performed in multiple, multiple venues. We did it first at Smoke and Mirrors in August. Mm-hmm. It was like a weekend run with five performances in one weekend, kind of a deal. And then we just did it again in November at McCool's, but that was only for two shows. Okay. So it's the same show in completely different venues. That in and of itself was a challenge because... Mm-hmm. The structure of the venue, the whole acoustics right. and everything was yeah, tweaking totally different. Is, tweaking blocking is only part of the equation. Well, the, the, because it was set up as a radio show with people mostly standing in oh, front okay. of microphones, there wasn't a whole, whole lot of blocking to worry about. Yeah. But just getting used to the different space mm-hmm. and the the technical end of it was a challenge. So the story doesn't end there. Well, it's got to end soon. We're running out of time. Yeah, I know. Uh, so <laughs> in 2019... I am going over a, a script that they're working on for an upcoming show called Nora Swan, Murder mm-hmm. Most Personal. We're, we're talking over this now. We're going over the script right now, trying to fine-tune it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they've asked me about uh, directing it. Okay. So there's some discussions that we'll still need to have on that front, but we'll see what happens. Sounds like a pretty cool group to be involved with. It's much different. It's just a lot different than I'm used to. Yeah. Um, but. Over time, as it's grown as a group, it's some people I haven't worked with before, but it's been extended or brought bringing in some people that I do have prior experience with who, mm-hmm. you know, these are solid people who right, right. I think will bring a lot to the group. And eventually, maybe we can get one of our scripts. Perhaps. Yeah, that is actually not outside <laughs> the realm of possibilities, Glenn. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> so we have a lot to look forward to in 2019, it looks like. Here's hoping. Yeah. And with any luck... You will have more of the backstage show to look forward to in 2019. At least I hope you're looking forward to it. <laughs> if not, you probably should turn this off right now. Yeah, and let us know. It doesn't just, get any better than this. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the best we can do, folks. <laughs> we do thank you very much for tuning in over this past almost year. and Nine hope, months. Yeah, 
And hopefully you'll continue to tune in in 2019 and we'll continue to bring you new and interesting content. Here's open. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, until that time, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And I just want to say personally, I've immensely enjoyed working on this podcast this year. I have too. It's It's been a good time. I, I think in sometimes I will have to say that this is among the things I've looked forward to the most at times during the course of the year. I'm very happy to hear that. And me too. Uh, so I want to thank you personally for bringing me on board. Oh, well, thank you for coming on board. <laughs> all right. Well, now we got all the mushiness oh, out of the way. Yeah. Uh, he's Glenn and I'm Jim, and we'll see you next year. Bye-bye. We should just sing it every week. <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenn. I'm Jim. And welcome to the backstage show. We probably only have about... I can't stop. 15 seconds of usable content. Let's start over. Wow, we have 15 seconds of usable content? That's an improvement. <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenn. No, wait. <laughs> You're not? Don't sell yourself. Don't sell yourself. <laughs> Take three. Don't sell yourself. Oh, my God. But, yeah, you can also look us up on FOD, uh, FODcast. FODcast. You can. <laughs> what is this FODcast of which you speak? <laughs>